All right, welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast here. Nathan Stackman alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Krenz. Travis, the college football season is done. Um, yeah, time to build a wall, I guess. It was a close game. It was for the first quarter and a half. It certainly was. It certainly was. People were surprised. It, that, our, that our Clemson squad looked ass like they did. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, it, um, I, I will say, I, I don't, you know, if you asked people if they thought Clemson could win, I think everyone would have said yes. If yes. you said Clemson will win, or will Clemson win, I think pretty good chance to win. But if you said... Clemson's going to hand Alabama and Nick Saban the worst loss in the Nick Saban-Alabama tenure, 28 points. I think people all over would have laughed at you. I mean, it, it just it, it defies what Lawrence and company did to Alabama. And maybe it shows just how average a defense this Alabama team had this year. Yeah, yeah, defense gave up some points, Oklahoma. Uh, but like with the SEC, you know, we always talk about the SEC defense, and when these defenses play these bowl games, sometimes those SEC defenses can give up some points. Uh, Texas, by, by no means a great offense. Texas put up some points against Georgia. Yeah, but did Georgia really come to play in that game? Yeah, probably not. So, I mean, yeah, this, yeah, this I'll, I'll say this. Um, Deshaun Watson's team that won, they, I don't know if they were as good as this Clemson team on offense, maybe. They probably weren't as good. Right. But that, that, so that, but that Alabama team was better. Yes. So maybe it's more impressive what he did a few years ago, because this Clemson team was just better but that, but that, Alabama, and Alabama wasn't as good as they were a couple of years ago, defensively. Right, but they weren't as good offensively two years ago yes. as they were this year. So, I mean, but Clemson's defense was better this year. Right, I, it, and really at this point, you're, I mean, you're kind of splitting hairs. I, I do. If you looked at the ratings from last night's game. Uh, they, they were the worst in the five-year college football playoff. In large part, that's because of a blowout. I do think there is some Alabama-Clemson fatigue. Um, I'm going to talk to Charlie here in a little bit. I'm going to ask him, uh, you know, what what he thinks about you know the fatigue factor and and whatnot. But um, you know, for or to me, I'm not going to get tired of this Clemson squad any other time. And I think it's in part because we kind of adopted them. Either through the TV show or through the radio show, um, and I'll be honest, this this Trevor Lawrence. I know we'll get into my thoughts on him more in just a second, um, and how badly I want the Vikings to get him. But uh, I mean, what he did to Alabama over you know 347 yards, three touchdowns as a true freshman. That's going to go down as one of the best championship performances in recent memory. Dare I say it is on par? Now, the the of course the game itself wasn't on par, but the performance is that on par with what Vince Young did with Texas against uh, USC? 
I mean, this young, he, if I look this up real quick, he, uh, I think he had like 500 yards of okay. total offense from what I seem to remember. So, yeah, that's, that's you know, the great team ever. Um, I'll look that up. But, yeah, the, the quarterback played great. He was a freshman, so that makes it even uh, a little bit more impressive. And Justin really Ross is a freshman. What, like... ETN, he's a, what, a sophomore? I mean, this is its just incredible that the core guys they have on offense are so young. They're going to have to replace pretty much their entire offensive line. They're going to have to replace a good chunk of their defensive line and their defense overall. But when you have your core young studs like that on offense, I think you can, you can weather whatever storm or setback you might have on the defensive side. I think, you know, they're in that mode where they can just reload some folks, but no, the, the line that deserve a lot of credit. Offensive line, I think, did fairly well. They didn't run the ball great. They ran 11 carries for 25 yards for the majority of the game. Then the last 11 minutes, they held on the ball for 11 minutes just by running the ball and picking up third downs and picking up first downs. So the offensive line gave the quarterback enough time. He got hit a couple of times pretty good, but he stuck in there and made some good throws. Uh, their defensive line got plenty of pressure on two up and, and sacked him a couple times. Uh, Alabama usually gets the big turnover in points, non-offensive points, uh, but they didn't do that. And, and Clemson, they got the pick six early, and they got the turnovers in the field position. Alabama just couldn't score uh, in the red zone. They had numerous chances, field goals, uh, fourth and goal. They, they couldn't get it, so... It was a four-touchdown game. Could have been a, maybe a two-touchdown game. If your kicker can make a kick and you don't fake the kick and you can score, you know, from the five-yard line on, on the goal line. Yep. Goal line stands from Clemson were great. In, in every aspect of the game, Clemson whooped their ass. Oh, that was, that was, very, that was one of the most impressive performances I think we have seen in a championship game. Okay, so... It, and maybe it's so I should have expanded on my point with Trevor Lawrence and his game, you know, maybe not comparing it to Vince Young, but overall then, are we saying that, as you said there, Clemson had one of the most impressive championship games. Are we even, like, talking overall in all of sports in recent years or just college I football? So. I would say any sports, yeah. It was yeah. Uh, Vince Young, after that was more of a single handed performance from him. He was 30 or 40. He didn't throw any touchdowns. It was, it was, he was 13 or not, had 19 carries for 200 yards. It was his rushing that was the big difference in that game. And he didn't turn the ball over at all. Um, but I would say this would be a more complete effort because a Texas team gave up some points. Mm-hmm. It was just... And- he made some bad throws, some bad decisions that he usually didn't make, and that running game that ran all over Oklahoma, literally ran them over, that that did not happen. I love seeing the will to win just disappear from Alabama. It was just stunning to see, because you could just tell they're like, what the hell happened, what hit us, and then they were like, we don't care, which I think is not a good, um, not a good sign. But I mean, they're they're not used to this. They're used to putting the whooping on the other teams. This is uh, stunning, you know, three sixty or one eighty, I should say, uh, from what their normal mo is. 
And you alluded to some of the bad fourth down plays. The fake field goal was the absolute worst play you could pot like whose bright idea was it to have your kick the kicker as the lead blocker and let may i just say it's not like the alabama kicker was lighting the world on fire this season he had missed an extra point in the game so from that distance i don't think anyone on certainly no one on the on the clemson sideline thought that they were going to go for that field goal so just as georgia had an ill-advised special teams play in the sec championship game against alabama Alabama returned the favor with an ill-advised special teams play on uh, a, in that third quarter against Clemson. And then the other fourth down play, the rollout from Tua at fourth and goal. Why would you roll him out to the left? You have one of the most gifted, pure passers in the game, and you're going to ask him to run it? That makes no sense. No sense at all. So I don't know if that falls on Nick Saban or the offensive coordinator, but I, those play calls were atrocious. They weren't good. They've had some okay kickers, but I don't know why, again, you, you, you're Alabama. Get, get the best kicker. And kickers can be inconsistent, but good Lord. Georgia's got a great kicker. You got to get, get better kickers. Texas has uh, a good cause, kicker. Because too, too many of these games for them, and Nick Saban throughout the years, have come down to a kicker uh, not making a kick. Like the Auburn oh, yeah. game, the, the kick six. Yes, bad there. The, yeah, the calls were not good. If you're going to go for it on fourth down, just go for it uh, instead of faking the field goal. They were expecting the fake. They were, defense was ready for a fake. Yeah, so that should have uh, been a red flag right there. And the fourth, fourth down play was bad. There was no hole for him. It was about midway through the third quarter. They were down 21. They were still running the ball. I thought they still had a chance. Yep. Because we're Alabama. But then after that, after that, it was done. Yep. It was, it was, you know, having I mean, they, 16 points. They scored 16 points. Yeah. Did they score any? They didn't score any in the second half, did they? Nope. Nope. They were outscored. That's Clemson me. scored the final 30 points of the ball game. I think Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma was the best offense this year. Probably Alabama was second. I would say Clemson had the best defense in the country. And so, probably the most impressive thing they did last night was. Old Alabama to 16 points. So Alabama's finish to the season is eerily similar to the Vikings' finish from last season in the playoffs, in the you know the divisional playoff round. The Vikings' you yeah. know, defense was great against the Saints in the first half, and then the Saints just you know tore them up in the second half. Luckily, the Vikings were able to win on the Minneapolis miracle, and then the Vikings got shellacked by Nick Foles and the Eagles, uh, the defense was non-existent in that game. Look at look at what happened in the college football playoff, you know, the semifinal against Oklahoma. Alabama's defense was great in the first half. Tay, you know, fell apart or fell down or you know, fell off the map a little bit there in the second half, and then that carried over into this game against Clemson. So you just look again, you know, at least they were in the championship round in the semi you know, in the in the semifinal versus you know the semifinal in the conference final, but eerily similar the way those two uh, situations unfolded. Yeah, a little bit. Never thought of that, but I would say, yeah, games they probably should have lost if they came came back to win. So I think people are uh, also this this Justin Ross, the receiver. 
Yeah, oh, very, what very a catch. Good. What a catch. He I think, he, I think he made, wasn't he the guy that made the one-handed catch, yes. catch versus Notre Dame, too? Uh, yes, yes. He, he had that at the end of the first half, and he had a couple of unbelievable catches here. So he's an exciting player. Uh, I would say, you know, the, the, the thing after the game was, oh, no, Clemson. Clemson's the new Alabama. Let's just, you know, really crown their athletes. You know, they've won two out of three. They haven't won four or five. Let's, you know. And then they, and they've done very well, and they've, you know, for four or five years, they've been no. probably the second team sure. in the country. But sure. um, just, just the overreaction of, of everything that, you know, that Alabama's done. But I think Alabama, I mean, it's, this is your title game next year. Yep. Folks would say, I don't know if it will be. Oh, I'll, I'll go ahead and teams. say it. I'll go ahead and say it right now. Um, you know, I, I think Clemson, you know, since that loss to, that Alabama gave them last year in the college football playoff semifinal, where they embarrassed them and Clemson really was never all that competitive, especially offensively. They took that as motivation, and they used that throughout the entire offseason, used that through the season. They were ready. They wanted to – they sought revenge against Clemson here. I'm guessing Alabama is going to use this as motivation all offseason long. Nick Saban will constantly remind the players of it. It, it will factor into next season. It'll factor in when these two inevitably meet again in the college football playoff, uh, hopefully in the national championship game. But I will say this. I think that Clemson is going to win at least one more, if not two, national championships with Trevor Lawrence. This kid is special. I might I don't I, I don't deem myself to be a prisoner of the moment in this situation because we've seen how great he's been throughout the entire season and just the poise that he has shown Throughout, and you know, even going back to high school too. I mean, look how he was getting scholarship offers in ninth grade. That's how great you know of a player he is, and how good a person, and whatnot. Um, but I, I tell you what, Clemson will win at least one more national championship while he's still at school. Yeah, maybe if he were to come out now, he'd be the first pick in the draft this year. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's very good. Again, injuries can happen, all this stuff. So we're still, you know, two and a half years away from him being drafted. So, yeah, he's, he's met expectations early on. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. But, yeah, he was, he couldn't be, he couldn't be much better than he was. Someone sent a tweet out last night. Yes, um, somebody did. I, saying, they would give up three, maybe four first-round draft picks if the Kirk Cousin experience doesn't work out for the Vikings and draft Trevor Lawrence. This kid is going to be special on Sundays. Um, you replied, this is bad, to which Matt Zimmer of the Argus Leader liked, which makes me feel not so good, but good. Like, hey, at least he's uh, following and, uh, you know, he obviously disagrees but or whatnot. I told you last week it was nuts. So you mentioned it last week. I know. You know, you, I, you, you'd take the season, you'd give up three picks. Like, oh, it's, you know. Can I, can we, I? We don't, we, we, we don't expect the Vikings to be in a position to draft him in a couple of years. Hopefully so not. That's why you, that's why you have to, unless Kirk Cousins wins a Super Bowl for the Vikings in the next two years. 
I want the Vikings to do whatever it takes. A first-round pick and a good player? or what? And let me explain the reasoning here. Okay, so four first-round picks. Obviously, I'm exaggerating a little bit here. Though the highest I would go would be three first-round picks. Maybe, you know, you just go like, a, you know, two firsts and maybe a, a, a second, you know, the following year, you know, two years down the line. It, it, let me explain my, my reasoning here. You see what a special player Trevor Lawrence is right now. And, of course, things could change in the next two years. But with what he has shown right now, I don't expect him to taper off at all in his talent. I only expect him to get better if that's at all possible. And the Vikings, for years, at like the whole entire 50-plus years of the franchise, maybe outside of the Fran Tarkenton years, have never been settled at the quarterback position. It's just a revolving door of quarterbacks. They thought, you know, again, hopefully Kirk Cousins works out. And I'm only saying that they need to do this if Kirk Cousins does not work out. But if you can get a franchise quarterback that you could get in place for the next decade plus, Look at what the Packers have been able to do with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. With a kid as special as Trevor Lawrence, I would be, I would be absolutely a-okay with them packaging multiple high draft picks to go up to number one and get this guy to be the quarterback of the future for the next decade. Then you can focus on the rest of the team, but the quarterback position would be sound. You wouldn't have to worry about you know free agents and missing out on other potential draft you know draft picks. We're not going to draft the Christian Ponders and the Tavares Jacksons of the world here anymore. You have your your cornerstone piece. That's where I'm going with this. That's that's my mindset. That's why I'm saying do what you need to do. If this kid remains as special as he looks, uh, as he looked in his freshman year, I would as well like him to be the quarterback of the Vikings. That would be good. I don't think he will be the quarterback of the Vikings. I find it very uh, unrealistic as well, but I would hope the Vikings would try their damnedest to do it. If he is good as people think he is, why would that team then trade? The first pick. Well, maybe they are already set at the quarterback position. Uh, but they would have the first pick. What what has happened here? Well, like who's got the first pick this year? Arizona. The Cardinals. They have Josh Arizona. And they, so they don't need a quarterback. If you look at the, the, the top five picks this year in the NFL draft, the, there's no team in the top five that needs a quarterback. The first, yeah, I think you know, we, we may have some trades there. You're right, and, that, and that's that, why that I, for, for question over under two and a half quarterbacks in the top ten this year. Yes, I say under. Say under. Yep, I can see two, but I mean, you you look. Yeah, I mean, it depends on who gets that first pick in three years, two years. If they need a quarterback, yep. they, they pick him. And if they don't need a quarterback, then they say, all right, folks, give me your best offer. Exactly. And if the Vikings want to get involved in that, then, then we'll see what happens. If, if but, we um, can 
play hypothetical. Well, no, I, I can't even do that three years down the road because I well, don't. How about this? Who won the Super Bowl last year? What was the quarterback? Uh, the Eagles did with Back- Nick Foles. Backup Nick Foles, some dude. What was he a second round pick? Whatever he was. Out of Arizona, I believe. Yes. Super Bowl favorite this year. Their quarterback was a was the first pick of the second round, almost twenty years ago, and they got him as a free agent. Yes. Russell Wilson was mid round pick. All the old Brady. Like it's not a guarantee that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy. It's still. 50-50 test that yep. the number one pick is going to be worth anything. Uh, Andrew Luck was as can't miss as you could get, and he's had injuries. And but look at what he's doing he's now with you know now that he's healthy. Sure. If he can stay healthy going forward, I mean, look at what the Giants gave up. You know, they gave up multiple first round draft picks to the Chargers, and Eli Manning, while he hasn't been magnificent, he's still gotten them two Super Bowls. I just, and you never know, like I say, you never know how things could play out. But as of right now, if I, just looking at the Vikings and knowing their quarterback history, why wouldn't you try and do everything you could, if Kirk Cousins doesn't work out, to go all in with a guy like Trevor Lawrence. If your team truly is still, you know, if their defense is still really good, you still have the wide receivers in place, you know, who knows if Dalvin Cook will still be there or whatnot. If you're... I mean, offensive line has to be. If this offensive line is well, still... Yes. Yep. still like this, then it doesn't make a difference. Right. Who your quarterback is. So they need to... If, yeah, like if they're in a position where everything is just absolutely right, um, but again, I just don't think it's a guarantee that he's Trevor Lawrence is going to be like the next Peyton Manning or anything like this because it's just it's just so difficult. It is not 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 even considering how impossible it is for the Vikings uh, to actually win win something. Uh, but yeah. look at Peyton Manning, how difficult it was for him just to win a Super Bowl. Yep. And the one Super Bowl he won with the Colts was just some random year. It wasn't his best year with the Colts. They weren't the favorite that year. Right. Getting into the playoffs, it was just some year. And his worst year, where he fucking had a broken neck, he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And yep. Brady's essential rookie year, he wins the Super Bowl. And his best year, they, they didn't. Yep. John Elway took him 15 years just to win one. Uh, Dan Marino never won one. So it's yep. just... It's a crapshoot. It's very... Yeah, it is. So that's that's my my idea of it. So up in the air and fifty fifty. That even if you get him and everything is in place, you're still not guaranteed, you know, to to, to win. Sometimes you have to make a bold move. This would certainly be a bold move, but one if again if you're looking for stability at the quarterback position, which is something that this team hasn't had. This would be the guy again. I'm just I'm looking ahead two years, provided and a lot needs to happen. A you know Kirk Cousins would have to fizzle out very badly over the next two well, years. Even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, he, that's the end of his contract, and they have another you know ten ten and six year where they win a game in the playoffs or don't win a game in the playoffs. And they're right. like ten and six. We 
you've made a lot of bold draft things, and this would be the boldest of all the draft things that hopefully comes through. Yeah. I Again, and Trevor Lawrence still needs to continue on that path. I, I just would hope that the Vikings would do whatever they could. And I'm sure every other team, like you could look at the Lions a lot, like the, you know, the Lions actually might get the first overall pick, but you know, insert team here and their fan base. And they would say, yeah, we'll do whatever we can to get Trevor Lawrence. So I'm not in, uh, I'm not naive to think that I'm the only one that or you know, that the Vikings would be the only team willing to do this. I think almost any other team would. I would just hope that it, it, it's a fantasy, but it's one that I would hope, you know, well, it's one that I wish would come true if Kirk Cousins does not succeed in Minnesota. I assume you would not want Green Bay to get the first pick that year. Uh, you are correct. Speaking of Green Bay, they got the uh, they have a new head coach, Matt Lefleur, offensive coordinator of the Titans. Apparently. He must have wowed Green Bay socks off because I don't remember the Titans offense being that good this year. Uh, Yes, he's been under Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan's tutelage. He's been around a number of good quarterbacks and good quarterback gurus or offensive minds. But this was kind of a a head-scratching hire for the Packers, wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you say? I can't take credit for this, so I'm going to read this right here. Okay. Yes. Uh, credit, credit to the Packers for going outside of their comfort zone. Yes. Yeah, I saw this. Oh, it's very good. I know where you're going with you, it. Usually, they hire a young white offensive coordinator named Mike, Mike McCarthy, Mike Sherman, Mike Holmgren, Holmgren, but now they went a different direction. They hired a young white offensive coordinator. Name Matt. So, congratulations to them. Probably some random dude nobody's ever heard of. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Again, with the coaches, it's like, who, who the hell knows? You've got Aaron Rodgers. It shouldn't be that difficult to be good. Um, get him some some receivers, any, any receivers, something to help him. Yeah. Because he's coming towards the end of the line here, and so hopefully he'll come to my favorite team at some point in his career, but yeah, he's, he's a dude. He's a guy, I don't know. They got a 50-50 in Tennessee, run the ball, pass the ball. And he, Granted, he's in Tennessee, guy. he didn't have, he doesn't have any, or he didn't have anyone nearly as talented as what he has on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and even Devontae Adams. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, young coaches, that's the new threat. Yep. Young guy. He's 39 years old. Cliff Cliff Kingsbury is 39 years old. Uh, Favorite moment of the Cliff Kingsbury USC era? When he left. Ah, very good. David Schottenkirk, I think. uh, Good thing he got the Clifford the Big Red Dog and won the the Bull Mania Challenge because he can't use that anymore for his beloved USC Trojans. Cliff Kingsbury, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, this is kind of a head scratcher to me as well. He's a great offensive mind, a great quarterback mind, but uh, it's not like he did very good at Texas Tech. In fact, he got fired from there just this last year. Doesn't really preach defense, so we better get someone who knows how to how to coach defense there. Uh, so this move by Arizona, bold, and I don't know. I don't have a lot of 
confidence or faith that this is going to work out well for them. I love it. I love it. Uh, what he did at Texas Tech in that offense now coming to the NFL. I don't, you know, Saints, I guess, kind of do that a little bit, but they're not. And then it's like the Saints from 10 years ago, not the Saints now. But this, I, I like this. This is, I give them an A-plus for doing something bold. So this is bold. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he was there a couple years ago. Yes, he and, was. In, in that quarterback room, there was also Baker Mayfield. I mean, Baker Mayfield was oh. at, te- at Texas Tech before Oklahoma. Do you think Josh and, Rosen uh, is a guy that can fit what so. Cliff Kingsbury wants? And Johnny Manziel also. Yep. They're, um, I, I, I don't know. He, he was not good. Josh Rosen was he was not good this year. But his he offensive was, line was trash. Um, he probably did not. He was below expectations. This year, so we'll see if quick uh, what Kingsbury does here as far as if he does his entire offense and and what that looks like in the NFL. So I'm excited to see that if he does what he did in college. I'm excited to see what that looks like in the NFL. I'm excited too. I just don't i I don't know if the how successful he'll be. It depends on the makeover of the team or or, or how the the roster. Uh, is molded or put together here coming into next season um, in a couple here, seasons. Here, I, I like this a whole hell of a more than, than whoever the hell Green Bay hired. Yes. Whoever anybody, whoever Miami is going to hire, boring-ass dude, whoever that's going to be. Well, how about... Whoever, the, whoever these guys are, all of these dudes that get hired as coaches, they're nameless, faceless white dudes what? that don't amount to uh, to anything. Well, Tampa so good, Bay... Good for them for getting... Tampa Bay just yeah, got Bruce Tampa Arians. Bruce Arians. Yeah, well, that's good. He's actually somebody worth a damn. So good for him. And good for them. Good for him. He's an outstanding coach. Good for Drew Amon. Uh, and the, and he's already hired Todd Bowles as his defensive coordinator. Now that NFC South is a very difficult division, but dare I say, you know, they're, they've kind of vaulted themselves just with this coaching move alone. They've vaulted themselves past the Carolina Panthers, and they're kind of right in there with the Atlanta Falcons for second. Oh. I, the Saints are clear, you know, clearly ahead, at least for now. Um, we'll see. What, I mean, they don't have any draft picks, so if you can hit a home run on some draft picks, you never know what'll happen. Uh, but that's that. It sounds like Mike McCarthy is not going to be a Cleveland Brown, uh, Cleveland Browns head coach. Do you? Did you? Uh, he's he's probably he seems to be the favorite for the Jets job. Jesus Christ! <laughs> maybe he won't even. Terrible. Maybe even he won't even go there at all. Who knows? Maybe he could be the offensive coordinator of uh, the Minnesota Vikings. No, no, no. Who do you want to be the offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings? Do you know the two? The not two. Him. The two candidates for the the, the the it's down to for the Cleveland Browns head coaching position. Did you hear who it is? Kevin Stefanski, and I don't know what his qualifications would be to be a head coach. Yep, and Freddie Kitchens. I don't know why. The, I gotta see what's gotta be the other guy. I can't. I know. I mean, it just can't be. It wasn't good. The three games were not good. It did not meet my expectations. And I don't know why you would hire him for this. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how he's gotten the second interview with them. I don't. I, I At just, least won't be Hugh Jackson, and there won't be Hugh Jackson, Minnesota. Thank God. 
Yeah, that's... At least we dodged, at least we dodged that bullet. Yep. Holy hell. Yep. Um, let's just say the Browns do a, a Brownonian move and take make Kevin Stefanski the head coach. Would Do you think that Mike Zimmer would dial Freddie Kitchens' number immediately? Sure. I mean, that the, the creativity sure. that Kitchens had with Baker Mayfield and company is great. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Kitchens is going to be the offense, or the new head coach of the Browns, and I think he's going to keep Greg Williams on as the defensive coordinator. That would be my hope for Cleveland there because I think they're going to make the playoffs next year. But... Um, that would be my hope there. Denver, it sounds like they're between Vic Fangio and uh, uh, Mike Munchak, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line coach, Mike Munchak. Uh, you got to go Vic Fangio here. This is a no-brainer for Denver. I have no idea where Miami's going. It sounds like they want to try and get John Harbaugh. Um, how about this? An idea was floated. I saw on Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio went on a Pittsburgh radio station and let me just pull this up here. The Pittsburgh radio guy said how about the Steelers because Ben Roethlisberger earlier this week said the you know Steelers fans should do whatever they can, you know, send letters for the team to keep Mike Munchak because he is a special guy. So, this Pittsburgh radio host says, well, what if the Steelers make Mike Munchak the head coach and uh, trade trade Mike Tomlin? And wouldn't Mike... I don't know. I don't know who it would be. But maybe if Miami wants to make that splash, the Dolphins would be, I would think, a team that would make sense. Considering that Stephen Ross, their owner, is infatuated with trying to get like a John Harbaugh or a Jim Harbaugh or whoever the hell, you know, he wants a big name down there. Because for whatever reason, he thinks Miami is a destination job. Uh, it is one of only 32 head coaching jobs, but Miami is certainly not up there at least not for me um but that would be that would be interesting to see them trade for mike or uh, you know for for mike tomlin there in miami what's so great about mike munchak uh good question i don't know here it is here here it is yes uh this uh, came from andrew philip uh philipponi on uh, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. And uh, Roethlisberger had recently said that he prays that fans write as many letters as they can to Mr. Art Rooney to keep Coach Munchak around. He's such a special well, coach. Well, they write to Denver to not hire him. What the hell is... Roethlisberger's not very smart to begin with, but Jesus Christ. What the hell is writing letters to the owner of Pittsburgh going to do... I don't to know. keep your offensive line coach who is interviewing for another job. I don't know. The hell? Maybe it, maybe it would be, hey, you want to be head coach of the Steelers. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's a... That ain't going to An interesting proposition there. Who's going to be the offensive coordinator?
I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. And it drives me absolutely insane. Could it be Adam Gase? I don't care. We got the season ended two hours ago. I, we we got five years for the season to start here. Pick, pick a guy. I don't know. Pick pick any guy. You know, Somebody's going to not get a job and they'll pick a guy. You know who's probably wishing that the, the Minnesota Vikings uh, were in the playoffs? The Chicago Bears. The Bears? The Bears, I mean, we said it last week. They had a chance to pull their guys. They had a chance to pick who they wanted to play. Do you want to play the Eagles or do you want to play the Vikings? Played the Vikings twice, beat them twice quite easily. That's their fault. I have no sympathy for the Bears. Right. They're dumb. Screw you, Bears. I was very happy you lost. Why? Because you're stupid. Your quarterback yeah. sucks. They yeah. go to hell. Hey, okay, okay, okay. But Trubisky actually played okay in this one. He was above okay. He's not the reason. He played so well, he scored 15 points. Look at that. <laughs> Fair enough. Here's the deal. Uh, Here's the deal. Yeah. I didn't see any football this weekend. I uh, heard the final seconds on the radio. How about this? Don't throw for a field goal if your kicker sucks, which by all means their kicker sucks. You got time? Get closer, score a touchdown. Win the game. Well, <laughs> true. But if that ball Don't was also tipped. It. Don't sit on it. So, Cody Parkey has met, had hit four uprights against the Detroit Lions earlier in the season. He hit an upright against the Vikings uh, in Week 17. And, you know what? He made the first field goal. It's just that Doug Peterson, Eagles head coach, had called timeout before he kicked it. And that second one, the ball is tipped. So, all the Bears fans that are booing him, this guy who had a profanity-laced F-bomb tirade... Uh, about Cody Parkey, uh, they can all go to hell. They can watch the video. They can watch the replay. It is tipped. If that ball is not tipped, which, by the way, the NFL changed it to a blocked field goal. That makes no sense to me because it still hit off the upright and the crossbar. So it's not like a blocked kick where it has no chance. This this had a chance. Um, I would hope that Bears fans show a little more sympathy Towards, towards Cody Parkey here going forward. But, um, yeah, you're right. You could score more than 15 points, and that, that that Foles magic continues. And how about our boy, Dallas Goddard? Big day for him. Your boy. Your boy. Yep. Uh, Goddard jersey is on order. It is coming. Uh, now I just need to focus on the Adam Vinatieri Colts jersey, uh, which will be coming here at some point in the near future. So you didn't see any football this weekend? Wild card? Uh... The Colts, they look almost unstoppable. They beat the my Houston Texans 21 to 7. Um it was not good. Uh they ran all over the Texans. They, you know, TY Hilton owns Houston. Uh he owns property in Houston. Uh and or he's going to make Houston pay rent here pretty soon with how much he owns that team especially down there at NRG Stadium. So they win, uh, the Colts win 21-7. They will take on the Chiefs. Uh, we'll get to that game in a second. The Cowboys, Dak Prescott somehow uh, win over Seattle 24-22. That's because Seattle has no offense. Uh, so that sucks. And then the perhaps the best game, the best games were on Sunday because the Chargers got up 23-3 on the Ravens. Ravens have a late rally. They, the, did you hear that the Chargers used seven defensive backs on 58 of the 59 plays against Baltimore? Apparently they did something with that, too. 
They're... I mean, you gotta, Fantastic. you gotta force the quarterback to throw because the quarterback's not very good at throwing. And then, of course, we had the, the Cody Parkey miss and the Eagles riding that magic uh, carpet ride that is Nick Foles. And uh, Foles magic, they're, they're continuing. They will go to the Superdome this week. So the NFL Divisional Playoffs are set. You have the, the, the first game on Saturday. Will you watch football this weekend if you have a chance? I might watch it. I didn't watch anything this weekend. I might watch something. Okay. None of the games intrigue me. I don't care. End this, for Christ's sake, season. End this. End all of this. I do look forward to the Raiders giving up three first-round picks for Nick Foles. <laughs> um, it's the Raiders, so you never know. By the way, there's a report that they might play in San Diego next year. Wouldn't that be something? Chargers, be Chargers Raiders in San Diego. Uh, welcome back, Chargers. But... So you have go the... Raiders, go! <laughs> um, so Colts Chiefs first game on Saturday. Chiefs haven't won a home playoff game since what 1994, 1993, whenever it was. Colts are playing really well right now. the The Chiefs are vulnerable. I think they're still going to win, but I do believe that the uh, the, the Chiefs are definitely vulnerable, and I believe the Patriots are especially vulnerable as well. I am very much hoping that the Chargers can beat New England because uh, this is... Uh, the AFC intrigues me so much more than the NFC. I don't care who in the hell comes out of the NFC. I'm not cheering for them in the Super Bowl unless they're playing the Patriots. Uh, I will take. I will cheer for the Chiefs, Chargers, or Colts. Whoever, whichever one of those three teams makes it out of the AFC, that's who I'm cheering for. It's very, I mean, the Patriots, this is the greatest run in the history of sports. Yes. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think they'll beat the Chargers. Chargers usually, they don't do much. Um, they're going to, I guess, what, they lost one road game this year. I mean, Chargers, Chiefs, that'd be a great, great title game. The, uh, Patriots Chiefs would be a great storyline, old versus the the young guy, I and mean, that would be great. I think of all the games, I think we would all like to see Chiefs Patriots. Yeah, but that would be in the AFC Championship game. Is that what you're? Saying? I know. I mean, that, that's okay. the game that I would like to see the most of all the potential. I mean, Colts do nothing for. Yeah, me. I don't. I don't think Colts. I don't think Colts Patriots does anything. anything to anyone. I think Colts Chargers would be interesting just because. You do have, you know, the L.A. F- role in this and also, you know, the 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 comeback story of the Colts. And plus, we get more Captain Andrew Luck. Uh, the best Twitter account in all of, uh, in all of Twitter land. Uh, I hope the Eagles fly into the Superdome and get flattened. I would hope that... The- I hope the Eagles win! I don't doubt this stupid thing just keeps going. I hope that anything, anything, because what do they do with Fargo? If, if God forbid they win the Super Bowl again, they, they what trade the hell him. do you do? You you trade them, you, and you know what? A, a quarterback trade Foles? No, you only you trade Carson Wentz. You trade him to Denver. I think they would trade Foles. I think they would trade Foles. I think they because the age difference. Then I mean, the, the injury situation is a is a legitimately serious injury. This guy gets hurt all the time. Yep. Then they're they're stupid shit in Philadelphia. If they're gonna, if they would d- decide to keep 
uh, Carson Wentz over Nick Foles. As I tweeted out on Sunday, not to promote my own Twitter, but uh, my you own tweet. You did a lot of tweeting on Sunday. I did. I did. It was it was rare. That I, every once in a while, I get into some of these uh these you get into it. Yeah, these these Twitter rages or Twitter royales. But I did say Dallas Goddard has mon- has done more to help the Philadelphia Eagles win playoff games than Carson Wentz has. Uh, and no Bison fan has disputed that notion. So either nope. they know it and just want, don't want to say anything. But, um, yeah, I I would keep fools if I were the Eagles. I would. You know, I mean, I don't think he didn't, he didn't all play all that well, did he? When he had a couple interceptions, what did he, I don't think he played well, did he? He had two interceptions in the first half, but he played really well in the second half. Had two touchdowns. Well, like that Atlanta game last year, he didn't play well against Atlanta. No, but he saved his best for the Viking for, for the, the NFC Championship game, game in the played. Super Bowl. So maybe what you do here is this: you start Carson Wentz for the first ten weeks, or first there ten you know, games. Just, just and, wait from the air. And then, yeah, either the first ten games or when he gets hurt, and or even twelve games, and then play Nick Foles the final four games in the playoffs. That's what they should do going forward. That's a lot of money to stick in the quarterbacks. It is, and they don't have a lot of draft capital either, so I think they would like to get some draft picks back. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Like Saints-Rams, like Saints that's the game that people would like to see again. What did, I think they'd want to see Cowboys-Saints. No, Cowboys do nothing for them. Well, I know they don't do anything for you. They don't do anything for me either. I mean, I hope the Rams stomp them, but uh, I don't think that will be the case. But I think a a rematch of Saints-Cowboys, can the Cowboys do again to the Saints what they did back, you know, a week after Thanksgiving on that Thursday night? That's, I think, what people would go after. I mean, the Cowboys are a draw, but I I don't care about them. hope the Rams beat the hell out of them. I I mean, they're, they're, they're a big draw, but... They're the least interesting of the... The Colts and Cowboys are the least interesting of the teams left. Yes. For me. Yep. So there's that. Uh, NFL playoffs going on here. Let's uh, switch. Our, do you have anything else? What are any games? What's the game? What's the NBC game? They got one of them, two of them. NBC, has, uh, NBC has the early game on Saturday, Colts-Chiefs. Then Fox has... Colts-Chiefs is the first game? Yep. Yep, and then uh, then it's Cowboys Rams on Fox at seven fifteen. Then on yeah. Sunday at noon or twelve oh five, it's Chargers Patriots on CBS, and then Fox concludes it on Sunday at three forty with Eagles Saints. Eagles Saints. There you go. Good. Um, if you don't have anything else football related that we need to discuss, uh, should we talk some college basketball? A lot of stuff happened sure. over the weekend. A lot of stuff. Uh teams lost. Your Nevada squad lost. Not lighting the world on fire. Not lighting the world on fire. No. No. Uh, they lost badly to New Mexico in the pit, 85-58. to Kansas lost to Iowa State. Iowa State looks good. Uh, and what's worse is that uh, Azubuki, their big... Ah, 
their their big star there in Kansas. He's done for the year, uh, undergoing surgery, I believe, on his hand. So that's not good for Kansas. I think that takes them out of the of the Final Four, or certainly the national championship running. I think there are just too many good teams ahead of them. You know that at least right now are healthy. Uh, Kentucky lost to Alabama. Th- this field is constant. I think going to constantly change. If you look at the bracketology right now, there are teams that I don't think will be in it at all come Selection Sunday. Uh, certain teams like Cincinnati, perhaps Cincinnati is, I think, in danger of not making it. Um, yeah, certainly Syracuse, the the Q's, uh, they're always they're they're going to be one of the last ones in uh, Arizona or Arizona State. The Pac-12 is garbage. Um, do, do, do they have to have a team in there? Uh, they do. They do. It's just like with the with all these smaller conferences and the mid majors. You the Pac-12 is required to have at least one team in there. I hope they do have one team and one team only. That would be great. I think Florida and Creighton are both in danger of missing out. Uh, I mean, who's making it then? If all these teams are dropping out, who's coming in? Well, I don't know. I have to. I have to. I have to go through some things here. Uh, you, Butler. Butler. Butler's potentially missing it as well. They haven't played all that great. Uh, maybe a Georgetown. Georgetown will come in. Uh, we have Minnesota going to make their way in, though they lost to Maryland uh, Tuesday night. You want to know something else that just is Kansas rap- State may not make it. Kansas State might not make it. Yeah, the team that I thought could be a sleeper Final Four team. You want to you want to know something that's absolutely stunning to me? Texas Southern what? right now is projected to be a 16 seed, and I'm sure they'll finish under 500. And with good reason. But do you want to know what Texas Southern's record is right now? Two and thirteen. Seven and eight. Oh. Because usually they, they have a pretty tough not conference. They do. You want to know who they've won? You want to know who they've beaten thus far? Probably Furman twice. <laughs> um they have they're two and oh in conference with wins at Alcorn State and at Southern. So that's two wins. Oh, maybe. Pine, Pine Bluff, uh, some Wesleyan school, uh, uh, Texas Community College. Uh, Concordia, Texas is a win for them, and there's some other weird school. Here are, their other, here are their other three wins, though, that I think you will find most impressive. At Baylor, that was to open the season. Oh, bad. At Oregon, that was... Pretty Yep. At Texas A&M. Jesus Christ, is Texas Mike Davis, Texas Southern? Yes, yes. Look at that. Now, That's impressive. Now, I gotta give it to him. I give a lot of shit to the uh, to the to the black schools. Uh, That's impressive. That's impressive. Now they have gotten their they have gotten blown out by the likes of you know Gonzaga. They've lost to Iowa State, San Diego State, Evansville, Arizona State, and Georgia and. And Tulane and Lamar. So, I mean, the Lamar loss, not a good loss at all. But I think when it comes to Selection Sunday, assuming that Texas Southern kind of runs through the the SWAC here, 
and I can't believe we're spending this much time talking about the SWAC. Um, you know, I think Grambling's a, a school that they're going to have to compete with. I think it comes down to those two schools. But there's, I think, a really decent chance that Texas Southern might be something like a 15 seed, maybe even approaching a 14 seed if the if things play out right. I wish SDSU would schedule half as tough as they do. Yeah, <laughs> the, Texas Southern needs to do this to fund their athletic department. Well, sure. Uh, SDSU needs to schedule games so they're not a 16 seed. They this to me is I am more disappointed. Point season in ten years. Yes, um, I, I'm they they aren't going to win a, a, a tournament game this year. Uh, at least they aren't going to get my hopes up. That's that's the good thing here. They they've already. Uh, I've, I'm already done. I still, I mean, obviously, I hope they are playing in March uh, in the NCAA tournament. I hope they win the Summit League. I think they will. But um, in terms of them winning a game in the tournament, no, not a chance. And you know what? Um, it's better to get that out of the way now than uh, than to to think that they have a shot and uh, get my hopes up for nothing here. And the women's, I have some women's thoughts. Okay. There have been numerous people that have tweeted, uh, by all means, look like a great game Sunday. USD won in double overtime. Yep. How do you blow so, a seven-point lead in the first overtime? That's my question. I thought that. I'm like, what the hell happened there? So that wasn't good. I've, I've highlighted three tweets here for future use. One tweet says... Two NCAA tournament teams on display, no doubt about it. Both of these teams belong in the NCAA tournament. Two NCAA tournament teams playing the kind of game you'd expect. Second, it's January 8th. We're two months away from the Summer League tournament, or a month and a half away from the actual NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, USD looking really good right now. Little RPI, like top 20. Schedule top fifty, so they're looking good. Yep. They didn't, they, they didn't lose to Denver last week, so that's that's not going to be good for them. Nope. Um, I think we all expect SDSU to win this conference, and I think that would be the best scenario. At this point, I think USD has a better chance to get an at-large than SDSU does. Even with the even with the high the 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 high you know RPI, the strength of schedule, the the quality victories, the quality wins, you know that SDSU like right has now, over like Green Bay and um, yeah, I'd have to pull up the rest of their schedule here. But I mean, they have high quality wins. USD has a better resume right now. I would, you know what? I I can't disagree with that. I would still think I though think that the Vi- or that the the Vikings, the Jack Rabbit women have a have a good chance still. And I, I just expect them to lose a couple games here. Like if they run the table, they're in. And if USD runs the table, they're in. Yep. Um, but let's, you know, let's, and then they, this is their best chance to get two teams in. Yep. Let's, let's calm down again on putting both teams in. We have a lot of, we have 15 games to go here. A lot of, a lot of basketball to be played we got to compare them to these other bubble teams. We'll see how they compare. USD actually has 
for the first time in their history some quality wins which you can stack up against some other teams. But mm-hmm. positive for that. Uh, somebody said the Summit League deserves this. Mm-hmm. Summit League is a shit conference. Well, that they're deep. They're, well, okay. No, they, no maybe in, in past years. I'll give it to you in past years. Specifically, this year, no good. You're right. Women and men, no good. They have two good teams. Yep. USD and USDSU, you can say they deserve it. The, the, the conference does not. The men's side is a one-team conference. The women's side is a two-team conference. Yes. Summit League doesn't deserve a goddamn thing. Yep. It's not very good. You've had the Western Illinois come and go. You've had the IUPYs come and go. At the end, still the one team sticking around. That's DSU. So, it's my one of my favorite things these past couple of years. These idiots talking about, they deserve it. They deserve it. It might actually happen this year. I hope it doesn't just to see these people lose their minds. So, let, let me... Uh... Because there are a lot of people, and I'm just going to look at the Summit League standings here quickly for the for the men. This is the weakest men's side. This may be the weakest the men's side has ever been. Yes. At last look, they were the fifth worst conference. The fifth worst out of yeah. 32. It's, it's a bad year for everybody. It is. Because Denver was that supposed to be that darling team that could, that could rise up and and take out, you know, the Jackrabbits perhaps, give them a run for their money. Well, they're 0-4 to start conference play. I don't know if there's a lot of injuries going on or whatnot, but they're 5-13. Western Illinois stinks. North Dakota State stinks. USD, awful. North Dakota, not very good. Omaha, not very good. SDSU should be better than what they are. Uh, Oral Roberts, somehow 3-0. and and, and Fort Wayne, Purdue-Fort Wayne, very impressive to start at 3-0, and but... This is a team that lost to UMKC at home. So let's uh, let's cut the crap here. Yeah, you're right. This is a very, very bad year. But it's also then could make the Summit League tournament the one of the most fun tournaments that, that we've seen in recent years because there could be a hell of a lot of upsets. I, I think, you know, SDSU is still a huge favorite. Yes. They, I think they, they still have one of I think, the 15th worst, one of the 15 worst schedules in the country yep. out of 351 schools. You have to do better than this. Yep. Do better than, do not, do not bring in Savannah State. Do not bring in these schools. Do not put them on your schedule. Can, can they please uh, keep up with the recruiting but get some depth? That would be my... That would be oh, my Oh, you want to have... How is your day going well? My day going well? Sure. Are we talking about Mark, Michael Carter the third leaving? Oh, my God. That sucks. Yes. That sucks. But not... He's another dude. Jesus Christ. Could we hang on to some guys? I mean, come on. I don't know what happened for him to, to leave... You know, obviously he transferred here for a reason. I mean, did David, did he and David Jenkins Jr. have a falling out? And like, oh, only one Washington player can stay, and or one player from the state of Washington can stay. And uh, David, that's you. Uh, MC three, get the hell out of here. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Um, on the women's side, 
Uh, Denver right now is leading the way at 3-1 and one in conference play. Uh, USD and SDSU are both 2-1, and one, as is Oral Roberts and North Dakota. Omaha, Western Illinois, North Dakota State are all 1-2. and two. Uh, Purdue Fort Wayne bringing up the rear at 0-3. Western Illinois is 5-11 this year. What is uh, uh, our boy at Western Illinois, who's it, uh, Gagliardi or whatever? No, uh, J.D. Gravina. Gravina. J.D. Gravina. Gagliardi. What the fuck? What the hell, Stackham? What are you doing here? J.D. Gravina. What is it? It must be a transition year. I mean, Higginbotham, is she still there? Who? Uh, Clemens. Clemens is gone. That 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 little one. Uh, was, she, was she like five feet or whatever? And she could do everything. I think they played a very tough schedule. Uh, they played Missouri, they played Drake, they played Butler, they played Purdue. So they played legitimate teams. They had a very tough schedule, so I'll give them that much. Well, okay, but even so, SDSU played a tough schedule, and look at where, look how they did. They lost to Southeast Missouri State. Oh, yes, SDSU significantly. Better for USB, what do they got? They got uh, Iowa State is two in RPI, and they beat Iowa State, so. You beat the number two RPI team, that probably does your resume a whole hell of a lot of good. Yes. They beat, yeah. And Drake, Drake is 10th uh, in RPI, and what SDSU beat them, so. Yep, and the USD it. lost to Drake. Yeah, so that helps. I, think, I just think USD right now has the better resume, so I think... And they still might both get in, no matter what happens. That would be a different type of... uh, I still would not feel comfortable for either team. But it would be a different similarly title game in which the winner doesn't matter a whole hell of a lot. Right. Right. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure Charlie Cream of ESPN will will have something there. Hey, uh... I might thought USD is a 7, SDSU is a 10. I'd be okay with that. Um... Yeah, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Hey, Furman update. We didn't get to Furman last week. Let's get a Furman update here. Uh, last week, Furman on Thursday beat Mercer 71-58. Show mercy for Mercer. And then Saturday... Why are they not getting votes anymore? I don't know, because they have two losses. Two losses. That's all it took. And they beat the Citadel on Saturday, 101-85. to This week, Thursday, at VMI, Virginia Military Institute, 6 p.m. And then at UNC Greensboro, 4 p.m. on Saturday. That is actually a big game because UNC Greensboro was one of the favorites to win the conference at the beginning of the year. So, uh, there, there you go. Uh, your Furman update. Paladins, good. Uh, anything else college basketball related that you would like to get to? Well, today seemed like a good night. Some games, none of them particularly good. Iowa State lost at Baylor. That's so good sucks. job, Iowa State. Uh, Villanova beat St. John's. So St. John's finally gets ranked, and they lose to Villanova. Uh, my Buffalo squad put up. My Buffalo squad put up 110. Wait, wait a second. How, how come you get to claim Buffalo? I don't, don't, I, I, I think wanna, I would, If you want to, you want to be part of it, you, uh, I would like to be just a part of it. Okay, we, I, as long as I am included with the, you on the Buffalo, I am fine sure. with that. You wanna, I love Buffalo. 
I love Buffalo. You love uh, you a, love Wyoming. You love Josh Allen. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. Uh, Tennessee won easily. I don't know. Like Tennessee, they seem like a team that might get a one seed. But I, I just, you know, Tennessee, I don't know about them. And Duke beat the hell out of Wake Forest. Uh, it was the first road game of the year for Duke. So good for them for playing an actual road game. Admiral oh, Schofield. Big, uh, good name. Good good name there. Um, let's see. Um, okay, top 10. Okay, then the top 10. What's that? Virginia. Virginia, what they beat Florida State. Yes. And um, were you, have you ever been more shocked than my Marquette pick at the start of the year? Um. I listened back to that. You were very surprised. Well, you know, a little bit. I, I still don't think they're making it, but they, they look good. I think they can win the conference. They could. They could. Maybe, maybe like I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, you you might have hit the nail on the head with Marquette. That's for sure. That's like for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, quickly on the... Houston. Yes. I, I don't know I I don't I need to watch Houston a little bit to to really figure them out because I, I are we thinking that the AAC is a two bid league them and UCF does SMU get a, a, a role in this at all I couldn't tell you I okay. couldn't tell you I know all I know is they're better than the Pac-12 that's what I know <laughs> what a garbage conference what everything football basketball. <laughs> How long does this... This has gone on for many years now. Oh, look. This has gone on for multiple years, like two, three years. How dare you... Def, you know, how dare I? How, how, how dare... Long did, you're de- how long... You're, what is this? Uh, you're uh, defecating all over the Conference of Champions, as Bill they Walton They defecated over themselves too much. How long does this have to go on before we don't consider the Pac-12 one of the... The, you know the five conferences. Uh, this is terrible. It, it's bad. It is bad. I will. The Americans. It looks like the Americans getting three has three teams in. So, yeah, UCF uh, among them, Houston and some other teams. So, not not good. Yeah. I, I, at this point, it's looking like you know Washington, Arizona, and Arizona State seem to be the only. And Oregon is falling off, but that's because Bull Bull is injured, so that's yeah. not good. Um, somebody pulls something out of their hat and wins this tournament. They appear to be at maximum a three-bid league, more likely a two-bid league. If they don't watch their ass, they're a one-bid league. That would be great, and I hope Arizona doesn't make it. But uh, you were talking about Buffalo. I am bullish on the Bulls, and I hope we see them oh, at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium there in March because uh, we're going to the final four. You never know. You never know. Um, association here, uh, because it's the last note that I have, unless you have anything else that we need to get to. Timberwolves won on Sunday, uh, beat a shorthanded Lakers team. No LeBron James, no Kyle Kuzma by 20-some points. They uh, got out to a, what, a 19-point lead six minutes into the game, largest lead any team's had this season, six minutes in. And then uh, moments after the game, Promptly fired Tom Thibodeau, and that is the race. The, the timing of it. I don't think anyone's all that surprised that Tibbs got fired. It's the timing that is really peculiar. But if you're kind of reading the tea leaves, 
you are hearing the reports, UCLA, they fired Steve Alford, so they're looking for someone. They want potentially Fred Hoiberg. Well, that's who the Timberwolves would like as well. So it's a, a race for Fred Hoiberg, and uh, I think the, Tim the Timberwolves made this move to fire Tibbs in order to secure at least the possibility that Hoiberg will not leave for the college ranks. And it sounds like he would prefer to stay in the pros. I don't know how much a, college, uh, a basketball coach matters, but he sure as hell didn't do anything with my Bulls. And they had Jimmy Butler, and they had a pretty good team. No, uh, the, they they pretty much stripped all everything that uh, well, no, that no, Kerr, uh, wait, that that, uh, uh, that Hoiberg had to no. work with and gave him shit for two years. No, I know these last, but when they had Butler and they had Todd Gibbs and they had a good team. Uh, they were a playoff team. They were still a seven or an eight seed, but they did not. That was that. That did not meet my expectations. So he did some good things at Iowa State. Um, I guess he wants to stay in the pros, as you said. So go, yeah, go ahead. You want to be the Super Bowl coach? Go ahead. I don't know yet. Uh, Tony Towns putting up a great stretch of points here, but again, I Wiggins ain't gonna do nothing. They're just kind of what they are. There's, I don't know. They tried. They, they they gave it a try. It didn't work. They got rid of Butler. They're not a playoff team anymore. They're not good enough to get one of these Duke dudes. They're back. They're back to kind of where they were. Yeah. They're not bad enough to get the guys, and they're not good enough to be an eighth seed. They're just kind of in no man's land. They're gonna win thirty-five to forty games and be fine to watch or it looks like they're going to be Oklahoma City tonight. Which would be the second time in two weeks. But I don't know what the hell you do with this team. So, let me, ask, let me ask you this. Because the Western Conference everyone said oh, it's, it's a murder's row. Like, it's very, very difficult. And I'm not saying that it isn't. You look, in, you, you look at the at all the teams outside of Phoenix one, or like Eight through fifteen. Those teams are all decide like within three and a half games of each other. And there's no difference between Dallas and I don't know and the, the, Jazz. the Clippers. Even the Clippers. I mean, yeah. it's so I don't I don't know if necessarily this is the conference being very tough. I think it speaks more to some mediocrity in the conference. I still think that I still think the. The top four or five teams in the East are better than the top four or five in the West. I felt like that at the beginning of the season. I feel like that now. Toronto, Milwaukee, Indiana, Philadelphia, Boston. I think all of those teams are at least as good. Golden State's still the best. They're going to win it all. I love I love my Denver squad. I'll put those ends of bitches up against anybody. Yep. Oklahoma City's good. Again, Rockets are turning it around. Boo! Like, yeah, fuck the Rockets. I don't like them. Um, I'll, I'll, I will gladly put the top five in the East up against the top five in the West. Yeah, I'm hoping that the Kings can uh, can make the playoffs. I think that would be great. Uh, the Spurs have seemed like they've turned things around. We'll see how long that lasts because uh, I I don't think it will. But uh, they seem to be turning things around. Yeah, and then again, you have a team like the Timberwolves who. 
we'll see what happens with this head coaching firing. Uh, Ryan Saunders, uh, son of the late Flip Saunders, I believe, uh, is the is taking over as head coach. And if I don't know if you beat the Thunder on the road for the second consecutive uh, time, you know, second time in two weeks, that's um, to me that's 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 kind of eye opening. That's kind of stunning. Um, but then, I mean, how do you lose to the Hawks at home like that? That defies logic. Um, you you can't. What, have... what do my what do what do my Nuggets have to do here before people start taking them seriously? They've been in first place in the West almost the entire season. I think people are before taking them. I think people are taking like, them like seriously. Eastern, like Western Conference Finals, seriously. I think it's them and Golden State. Yeah. No, I I, I think people are taking Denver seriously, but the, it. All eyes are right now. They don't know who the hell they just don't know who the hell they are. Right. Well, I I think people are still kind of flummoxed by what Golden State is or what they're doing right now. I, I mean, shouldn't have lost to the Rockets. That that missed call that Kevin Durant out of bounds. I mean that that was awful. Just awful last week. Um, Golden State is not playing like uh, the Golden State teams that we've seen in the past, and I. But we'll see if uh, if Boogie Cousins is coming back. Uh, he's coming back potentially against the Clippers on January 18th. We'll see how big of a difference that makes to this uh, squad. Uh, I mean, Draymond Green, it sounds like he might be on his way out uh, after this year. But uh, So that's interesting that I think everyone's kind of focused on the Lakers and now the Rockets are, are kind of surging as well, um, so yeah, Denver's flying under the radar, but I think people are like, "Hey, you know this this Nuggets team is good," but we're more interested in the Golden State's, Houston's, and Lakers of the world. That's what I that's what I think is going on here. I'll pay attention to the Nuggets. They can have everybody else. Okay, Nuggets. By the way, uh, let's see where where are we at here? They won tonight against Miami. It was a struggle. Uh, they ended up winning by four. Uh, Jokic made a shot with about two seconds left. Miami, Miami's floor. Miami's floor. Their jerseys are the best. That those the pink, the pink and the black and the blue. They have a tremendous combination of colors. It's very good. The Miami Vice. Miami Vice. It's exceptional. Memphis's the, the new floor sucks. Ass. Huh? Memphis's new floor sucks ass. Oh, I think I like it better than their old whatever they had. There's not much color, is there? Is it no? Is light blue? Yeah, it, it, it just looks looks like garbage. Looks like nothing. Nothing special. I gotta say, these, these jerseys recently have been very good. Uh, Jazz going to like the old pink or not the uh, old purple, purple and green. They've worn those the last couple of years when they wear their Red Rock jerseys. They changed the four. Those are good. The Prince Timberwolves jerseys are all right. Uh, I would say some thumbs up. Everything with this NBA, Adam Silver, with the betting and the jerseys, and they're going to televise this all-star game draft. Uh-huh. Everything they're doing, I think they're doing great. Uh, Denver, you know, the... NBA teams have sponsors on their uniforms. You know who Denver's sponsor is? Some marijuana place. I don't know. 
Western Union. Didn't even know that was yeah, a thing right. still. I mean, what the hell? They, 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 lost, they lost six of seven in November, and um, that's half their losses. Half their losses came essentially in two weeks. So they won six of seven, so keep on going. They've righted the ship, indeed. Good. That's all I got. Uh, what else do you have? Twins signed a pitcher, Blake Parker from the Angels. He's a dude, 34 years old. He's a bullpen guy. Sounds like Machado is deciding between the Phillies, the White Sox, and maybe the Yankees. White Sox don't make any sense. I have no idea why. Why you would want to go there, why they would want him. They're in this smack dab in the middle of this teardown rebuild. Why would you want to give somebody $300 million? I don't. That's a great question. I wouldn't sign either, I wouldn't sign either of these two guys for for this $300 million. Way too much money for guys who are exceptional and they're still young in their mid-20s, but I, I would not... I would not consider that. Yeah, that that that's not. Uh, yeah. Harper's meeting with the Phillies, I think, in Vegas this week. So hopefully, the Phillies can get one of these guys. Well, he he did meet with the Nationals last week for about five hours. That's a good sign, I would say, for the Nationals. Didn't talk about Nelson Cruz. Yeah, he's a twin now. No, I think that yeah, fantastic. A plus. A plus. It's great. Just, just keep working on that pitching. All right. Uh, Joe Mullins, Jersey, June 15th, going to be retired. Against, oh. against who? The Tigers? Kansas City. There we go. So they should get a win that day. I don't know. They had 7-7 on the plate July 7th right there for them, but nope, they didn't pick that date. Well, that, that, they're dumb. Uh, how about this? Uh, Billy Hamilton signed with the Royals. I like that move a lot. I know this happened the a few problem, weeks back, but I, I like yeah, that move. The one problem with that is he's not very good at baseball. So, But if he gets on base, he can steal a lot of bases. Well, that's, that's, that's the problem. Well, he's not good at, at the hitting... He's very fast. Neither he's, is Byron he's, Buxton. He's like Buxton. He's better than Buxton because he at least plays. No. Yeah, Bill, Billy Hamilton. No, no, no. He, no, no. He's bad at the baseball. Yes, sir. Anything else before we say so long? Oh, uh, by the way, uh, rest in peace, Gene Eckerlon? Or, uh, you know, the, oh, the how dare you. You you know you know who this man is, right? Uh, you recognize you recognize this man? You have any idea of this guy? Okerlund, didn't I? I was close with that. Okerlund. Were you familiar with who this guy was? No. Had you ever heard of him? Uh, vaguely familiar. Based on what? I don't know. It's just the name. Like, looking at him and announcing, it's like, okay, I think I've maybe seen this guy on TV before, but I had really no idea who he was. And Mean Gene Burgers, like, they weren't, I don't know if they were really around here. They've been in Minnesota. There is a Mean Gene's 
That, oh, wait a second. That makes sense now. I'm putting two and two together. Because someone told me it's from, he's from Sisseton. And that's why there's mean jeans, I think, at like one of the gas station, like the, the Senex off of I-29 there. So that's how you so are you familiar with that? Yes, I am. I've never been there, but I know the restaurant. And now look at yes, I see it. I okay. see the resemblance. So is, there we go. That that is him. Yeah, he was the best backstage interviewer. He was. He is considered the best. How did someone from Sisseton, South Dakota, get? To, I, I guess no. I shouldn't ask because Bob Barker. Was on what the Pine Ridge Reservation? Look yeah. at how yeah. So you can find talent anywhere. He I don't know how long he lived in Sisseton. He went to Nebraska for broadcasting. He worked in Omaha. He was with the AWA in Minneapolis with Vern Gagne in seventies, early eighties. Then he went to WWF and made it big there. And he went then yeah. So he had a long career. He's the best. What he did. I think he had what uh, kidney kidney failure, liver failure. He had like a cut, like three replacements. So his family in Sioux Falls, so and his restaurant. So somebody of somewhat you know local regional fame of, of, of sorts. Two thousand nine, he was inducted into the South Dakota Rock and Roll Music Association's Hall of Fame. I didn't even know there was such a thing. And he was uh, he he was exceptional. He was exceptional at what he did, and uh, watching old videos of him, he was he was very good. Well, that that's a shame that wrestling has lost yeah. an icon such as Gene. That's right. That is right. So, anything else you before we say so long? I wrote something today. Hopefully, it can get in the. I don't know where it's going to go. Argus or whoever the hell knows. Put up on a blog somewhere. The goddamn thing would load. Um, my pet peeve is the schedules of West River schools or schools West River that do not play they play teams a division down from them mm -hmm. and they get away with it for somehow so um, I don't like that Sturgis was the team I picked you could have picked any one of two, three teams Sturgis basketball plays 20 games. They're in class AA, the highest class. 12 are against AA teams. 8 are against class A teams. Um, other East River class AA teams don't play any class A teams at all. Their entire schedule is against class A teams. So I don't know how they're able to get away with that when 40% of their schedule are teams a division lower. So I don't know why it is. Well, that's what I wrote about today. Well, when it gets out, uh, let me know, and I look forward to reading it. And uh, hopefully sure. other people will recognize how ridiculous uh, South Dakota it, High it, Five, five six years be. ago, I looked at their schedule five, six years ago, and it was acceptable. They had four games against lower divisions, which I propose, 16 double-A games, four class A games. Because uh, traveling's a bitch. They're way out there. Right. So if you want to play four games against shitty schools, I'll give you four. I'll give you 20% of your schedule, but not eight, not 40%. It, it was not like this in 2012, 2014, or for whatever reason it has been since with schedule changes, conference changes, whatever has happened. So 
Like, it, so it's like, uh, what it's changed? A, what changed? I don't know. I don't know what changed. Uh, there's no reason why I can't go back to this. Also, uh, South Dakota thought about doing six-man football next year. Uh, that, that will not happen. Apparently, just not enough schools were interested. So, no six-man football. Good. Good. They don't. They have way too many classes for high school football in South Dakota anyway. The lowest class would have became a six-man class. I am happy that it is not, not going to happen. Absolutely. Very good. All right, my friend. Uh, always appreciate the time, and uh, we'll chat next week. I mentioned that maybe you may remember a couple weeks ago, I mentioned the big project. Yes. Uh, big project is done. And we're just waiting for the big project to get here. So. All right. Keep me posted. More more at a later date. Okay. All right. Looking forward to go. it. All right. There we go. Thank you, Krenz. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Krenz joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. Uh, great stuff there from the national championship to wild card weekend at college basketball because that's our, where our folks are going to be here going forward, folks. NFL playoffs, and then college basketball, college basketball, and more college basketball. What's some NBA? Maybe some baseball, some hockey mixed in there as well. Um, you can always find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at ND Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. Have a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, more thoughts on the uh, championship game with Charlie Hildebrand. Final time uh, this year for the college football portion of our uh, podcasting anyway. He'll join us next here and uh, gets wrap up with some picks for the divisional round of the playoffs, NFL playoffs. It's all coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast. All right, we continue here on the Sports Block Podcast and pleased to be joined by my good friend, Charlie Hildebrand. From Aberdeen, the Aberdeen American News. I got that right, correct, Charlie? That is correct. From my understanding, unless they've been telling me the name of the company I work for wrong, yes. Well, I mean, hopefully that's not the case, but maybe someone's uh, pulling a fast one on you. How has the first week gone for you? It's been good. Uh, It was a little busier than I thought it would be. I mean, I didn't think it would be slow, but they kind of threw me into some stuff right away, which I think is probably good. I think I have uh, hopefully acquitted myself well. I mean, I don't think I've gotten any negative feedback so far, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. Dare I'm I enjoying say my they, time here. That's good. Dare I say they threw you to the wolves early? Ooh, I like that. You know what? I think we should use that. That is what we will say. All right. Very good. Because it turns out, also, I think the last time we talked, I thought I would be doing like only presentation. It turns out basically me and the sports editor are splitting Northern State. So that works even better because I will be covering some northern states. Very good. Well, that was the that was the point, you know, the northern state wolves. So there we go. Well, good. I'm glad things are going well for you. Things did not go well for Alabama and Nick Saban. Um, I don't. You and I were just talking right before we came on here for the podcast that we weren't necessarily stunned that Clemson would win. But the manner in which they won, I think very few people would have seen a Clemson blowout win coming. It's just remarkable to me how how thoroughly 
dominating they were in this game. I know. I, I'm not sure which I'm more surprised by. I don't know if I'm more surprised by, you know, Trevor Lawrence, the freshman quarterback. And yeah, I, I think it's worth noting that I mean, technically he's still a freshman, but when you're in your 15th game of the season, I don't know if you're truly like a true freshman anymore. You know, you've got a fair amount of experience. But without out of the way, I don't know if I'm more surprised that Lawrence and the offense put up 44 or that the defense held this vaunted Alabama offense to only 16 points. I think as good as the Clemson offense was, I am more impressed with the Clemson defense. With maybe the most talented quarterback Alabama's ever had. Mm-hmm. And they, they held him under 17 points. What, he had two I, interceptions like the whole year pretty much, right? Or like going into the know, SEC championship game? I don't know if it was two, game? but it, it was definitely, if it wasn't two, it wasn't much more I, than that. Maybe, I, mean, yeah. I think it was actually four, but I think that might have included the SEC championship game uh, where he threw, I believe, at least one in there. I mean, it's, it's just staggering to me. I mean, how they're how Clemson's defense was able, as you said, you know, to pick two off a couple of times, force a fumble here, and, and limit Alabama to 16 points. They were shut out in the second half. And Clemson, just the, the final 10 minutes to just take it from their own one and move it. And they would have been able to score if they really wanted to. I mean, Alabama's will at that point was gone. It was flying back to Tuscaloosa at that point. It had left the stadium. It was it was absolutely gonzo. Um, I, and I don't think we ever imagined that that would ever be the case where Alabama's will to win was taken away from them so abruptly. You see this sometimes in college football. There's all, I'm not saying this is necessarily a changing of the guard because like a lot of people in uh, what was like 2013 or 14 or 15, somewhere, one of the times they lost to Ole Miss I was convinced that they were done and wouldn't win any more titles, and they won at least, I think, two or three more since then. So I'm not definitively saying, like, it's over, because I learned my lesson before. But with all of these college football dynasties, they end at some point, there's a changing of the guard, and there's always a game that you either think they're going to win or think it's going to be close and they have a good shot at winning. And the, the, the team that's been the dynastic team gets blown out and it's kind of just like you know the emperor has no clothes it's one of those kind of moments i'm not saying this is that but if it turns out that alabama doesn't win another national title in the next two or three years and nick saban retires then we can look back at this moment and this will be the game where it was like truly over i'm not i'm not saying that it is going to go that way because like many people i learned that the hard way a couple of times because the Alabama dynasty has chugged along much stronger than any other college football one, at least at the FBS level yep. that we've seen in our lifetime and probably that are in our parents' lifetimes either. Yeah, we don't but, want to get into that FCS uh, dynasty. That's... Yeah, we're not, we won't talk about that. <laughs> no. But but th- there's always, I mean, it happened with, you know, with Florida State, they got blown out by a, a, a good but not great North Carolina team. Nebraska got blown out by Colorado. You know, USC, I mean, they had the close loss to Texas, so I don't think it counts if it's a close loss. But a few years later, I don't know, I think it was, uh, I think it was Stanford when Jim Harbaugh was there where they blew him out and had the, you know, why'd you go for two at the end or yeah. whatever. There's just always, there's always these moments where 
up to that point, you're always like, no, this team's going to be back. And then they just don't really get back there. So I think it's possible. I, I'm not going to say it because Nick Saban has been, I think he's the greatest college football coach we've ever seen. So I think he'll probably find some way, even if they don't win another national title, I don't think they're going to all of a sudden start going 9-3 and three in the regular season. No. But, but if it happens, like th- this will be the moment we look back and it's just like, yep, that was uh, – that was kind of the last draw, and then they just kind of went back to being an above-average football team. Well, we knew that their defense was a little below average, um, you know, or they, that it wasn't nearly as good this year. Below average. Not, they, they were below yeah. the high standards that Alabama's defense normally has. Yes, yep, yeah, below average. They gave up a few more big words. plays. This, this was not, but they the, were still really good. But they weren't good tonight. No. And this was not, but we had seen that this year, this Alabama defense was not the Alabama defense defenses of years past. Even though they have the best, arguably like the best interior defensive lineman, um, and the name's escaping me now, um, that, I mean, we've maybe seen in college football here in the last half decade or so. But with that being said, I was particularly impressed with, obviously, what a, a true freshman and Trevor Lawrence was able to do. He he was a little amped up early on, missed a few throws, but once he got settled in between him and that Justin Ross, I mean, though, another freshman, and then Antiani, you know, the, the running back, everything just worked so well, and it almost was so effortless. Alabama had no answer, no response to anything Clemson did after that first drive pretty much. I would agree with that. I, I missed large chunks of the game. I shouldn't say large chunks. I missed chunks of the game because I was at work. I know I saw the pick six early. Um, I, and then I didn't see Alabama score to tie it, but I saw that they had tied it. It was really and quick. And was like, oh, this is going to be pretty good. And yep. then then Clemson just kind of pulled away. I don't know, I don't know, was it 15 they were up at halftime? Yep. 15 Th- or 16? Yep, 31-16. And, you know, looking at it, I was like, yeah, this feels like a game Clemson's going to win. You know, there were some similarities to the Georgia national title game the year before. I think Lawrence is a better quarterback than Jake Fromm. That's not to knock Fromm. I just think Lawrence is better. And I think Clemson maybe has a few more dudes on offense compared to Georgia them last year. And then I I don't know what your thoughts were, but in the second half, I just remember – I, I know that Clemson, I, I didn't see, I've seen it since. I didn't see the long touchdown pass to put them up 21. Yep. But I remember thinking, like, 21, you feel good, but it's still not quite there yet. And then they had the long drive that put them up. When they went 12, 28, I knew it was over then. And then I, I think after that was the goal line stamp they had. Yep. Where I, I, I didn't think Alabama was going to come back, but it was like, well, if they do, they're going to score here. And then holding them on four straight plays from the one-yard one. I, got, I mean, I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it. It was just like, this is, it, it was weird seeing this team that had been so good for a decade, and, and mm-hmm. they still are going. I mean, I think it's safe to say they're easily the second best team in the country. Without question. But they just, they just looked so ordinary at times, and that's just not what happens. I mean, I mean every other team has had that happen to them, but Alabama, like whenever Alabama, I know you're not a professional wrestling guy, but whenever Alabama lost, like in the last seven or eight years, 
it was always like a little off and it was like yeah it kind of felt like the other team maybe got a little lucky and had breaks go their way and if they played 10 times Alabama would probably win like seven I mean I don't know if that's how you felt that's how I felt with any of their losses and this is the first one I think where it was just like now if they played this 10 times I think Clemson wins like Maybe not all ten, but like at least eight or nine of them. Yeah, I mean, it certainly felt that way. By the way, uh, Gene Okerlund died. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, I was sad to see that he passed, but at least he did not die young, which happens too often in wrestling. Very good. Um, I, Alabama. Also, shout out Sisseton, South Dakota natives. So, uh, no yeah. kidding. Didn't find that out until I started working here at Aberdeen. Someone brought that up, but yeah, he is. Uh, he is from Sisseton not too far from Aberdeen, so yeah, that's interesting. I feel like Sisseton should probably put that along, like, the I-29 billboards and stuff, like, as a as a means of, like, trying to draw in more tourism. I agree. Uh, Alabama in the second half, I, mean, I think they were 0 for 3 on fourth downs for the game, but the fake field goal was an absolutely awful play call. I don't know if you saw that, but, I mean, it, it's... I didn't see that. I heard about it. It's, that... It's, I mean, the kicker designed to be your lead blocker. If that's how you drew it up, you probably didn't draw it up correctly. Right. Well, and and plus, it's not like he's a reliable kicker either. I mean, he had missed an extra point earlier. He had. I mean, this is. That's right. I forgot uh, that they missed that extra point it, early. It's arguable. That was a game. That was something that we thought maybe would come back and be important. It turned out it didn't matter at all. Yeah. Then Clemson missed an extra point in the second half, so it kind of evened out a little bit. But I mean. From where they were at, I think it was like roughly a third, like a forty-yard field goal or something. It's and the element of surprise was clearly gone because Clemson knew what they were doing. Like you aren't going to trust this kicker who's been unreliable for you throughout the year, and certainly with that missed extra point earlier in the game, you're not going to trust him with a forty-yard field goal. I mean that's dumb. And then the fourth down play uh, that really sealed Alabama's fate rolling Tua out to the left and not even allowing him to throw like you're trying to run what the hell is up with that like I I just don't understand Alabama's play calling in this one and again a lot of credit needs to go to Clemson's defense um as you said earlier and I totally agree with you but at some at the same time Alabama just had some absolutely terrible mysterious and dumbfounding play calls yeah i i think part of it too i've kind of wondered if this would happen i mean not that specifically but they just have so much turnover in the assistant coaches and coordinators at alabama mm-hmm. if it was ever going to catch up with them i think maybe it probably did a little bit in this game i think for the most part you know if they get out coached a little bit here and there in a game it doesn't matter because they went on talent alone but when the other teams got as much talent as you do. I mean, I think they thoroughly got outcoached and outplayed in, in every way, and that's just part of why it's so so strange to see. I mean, this is I – mean, I don't know. This would almost be like when we were kids, like seeing the Chicago Bulls, instead of everyone just retire and leave, if they just kept that group, mm-hmm. and you just got to the point where it was like, oh, they're not as good anymore. And right. it's, just, it's just a, it's a, weird, a weird thing. I mean, we cannot discount Alabama out here going forward. So, um, no, I would it, imagine it's, it's going to be the same two teams in the in the national title game again next right. year. I mean, 
I how can you bet against Clemson and what Trevor Lawrence is doing? And I I tweeted this out during the game. I've mentioned it here over the last couple of days or ever since last week or again in the Cotton Bowl. I do mean things to have the Vikings take this guy. I would have three I trade three first round draft picks to whoever is number 1 and I mean this is a guy who is going to be really special on Sundays. I want him at whatever cost it takes. Um, but with him and Ross as true freshman, and like you said, ETN's back and running back yeah, also. Yeah, ETN's. I mean, they're going to have to revamp on the defensive side, and like four of their five offensive linemen were seniors. But there's there's no doubt in my mind that Clemson's going to be right back, at least in the uh, the college football playoff next year. They, they're just too talented. And Dabo it, Sweeney's going to re- Alabama. That Alabama returns Tua, and they return all sorts of sort of you know similar things. Right. That, yeah. Right. So I mean, I, I it's almost a foregone conclusion that those two will be in the college football playoff next year. But if I had to, honestly, if I had to put my money on one of the two teams, I put I put far more money on Clemson than I would Alabama. I feel uncomfortable in saying this, but I probably would at this point right now, too. I don't know if I'll feel this way a month from now, but right now, I agree. Um, so, something else I want to run by you yeah. really quickly. College football, you know, week in and week out, it is very hard to keep your focus and keep teams motivated. Mm-hmm. And I think it's impressive, first off, that both these teams got to the national title game at undefeated in 14-0. and That's impressive in its own right. Yep. But just out of curiosity, how much, if it, maybe it's none, but how much, if any factor, do you think maybe plays that Alabama, of, this is the fourth time those teams have played in the last four years. Last year was the first time that either had embarrassed the other. Where it wasn't like a terrible, terrible loss, but, you know, Alabama, at least their defense against Clemson's offense, kind of embarrassed them. Yep. How much of that? Do you, how, do you think there's any offseason motivation for Clemson and maybe Alabama? I don't want to say that they weren't motivated, but it was maybe a little like, well, I mean, we took care of them last year. I mean, I kind of, I'm not saying that's what happened. I think it's possible that that maybe that is like you 11 percent of what happened today, though. You think maybe they got a little complacent or like, yeah, you know what? We had an easy time with them last year, going against a freshman quarterback. We're going to be fine. Maybe like from Alabama standpoint. <laughs> I think some somewhere. I, I try to think of a word not as strong as complacent. Maybe just not, not as dialed in as they usually are. Not as intense. Instead of I'm, being, instead of having everything cranked up to a ten or a nine and a half all the time. Like I'm not saying it dropped to a four, but maybe it dropped to like a seven and a half I, out of ten. You and know that what? May, maybe that's the difference when these two teams play. Well, I mean, for Clemson, I think. Absolutely, the intensity and the focus, and I mean, they wanted to play Alabama again to get that negative taste it, of that twenty-four to it, six. And also, I think that's part of why Alabama won last year the way they did because it yes. was like, oh, well, this is the team that beat us at the national title game. We got we got all this motivation now, which Alabama doesn't normally have like that. Right. So yeah. So if they meet again next year, I mean, who's to say that Alabama won't, uh, you know? Tear, uh, tear Clemson a new one and beat them soundly, you know, to get revenge from last year. If Clemson would be, yeah, I mean, are you gonna, are you gonna think, are you gonna pick Nick Saban to lose to the same team two years in a row? Probably not. No, I who uh, is a Chris? Is it Christian uh, Lawrence? No, um, the the it, it defensive lineman. I think I want to say it's Christian Lawrence for uh for Clemson. 
Christian Wilkins. Wilkins, thank you. There's yeah, Christian Wilkins, and Dexter I think it's Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence yep. and Cleland Farrell, and I'm blanking on the yep. other one's name. But like, they even kind of said too that you know they the focus was kind of there that they they wanted that intense that you know that that you bought in you they worked so hard to get to this point. So yeah, I think it is to win, not only win that national championship but have a chance to get back at Alabama for what happened last year. They last year left a terrible taste in their mouth. So I think it absolutely that was a huge motivating factor for Clemson and I think it certainly will be for Alabama here in the off season. Um but, and we see this so rare in football. I was talking to Corinne's earlier and using wrestling stuff. I, I won't use wrestling examples with you right now, but, but maybe we should look at this as like boxing, as like just Frazier and Ali, and it's just like they're just so much better than everyone else that they're just literally bringing out the best in each other. And, you know, there were a yeah. lot of people talking about fatigue of these two teams playing, and even though this game wasn't close, I mean, I don't know, maybe we should just embrace – if they're the two best teams in college football until someone else does something, you know. Yep, and I, I saw what, what like, the dominance that Clemson and Alabama have had in the college football playoff era, which this is, what, only year four, year five of it of this? So, I mean, it's... This is year five. Year and, five? and ironically, the teams that are the number one seed are 0-5 at winning the national title. That is, uh, that is surprising... In and of itself, but Clemson and Alabama have dominated in the in the playoff era, and there have been no other teams that have really had um, a whole lot of success. I want to say like Georgia has other than Ohio one. State that first year when they won it. I, that's exactly right. true because other than them, it has been either Clemson or Alabama that's won it every year since then. Right. And I think I think Georgia is the only other team that's played in the national title game. Exactly. So. I, I get I can certainly get the sense where there is some of that, um, you know, the, where people are like, yeah, we're kind of tired of this, but these two are clearly the best teams, and I, th- you know, we were kind of talking before. I'm not going to get tired of Clemson. I don't think winning as much as I would Alabama. There's just something about Clemson that to me makes them a, a little more likable than Alabama. Maybe it's. Maybe it's that Dabo Sweeney's got this, you know, this different mantra, or just he goes about things a little differently than the salty-looking Nick Saban who looks always pissed off on the sideline. Uh, I understand what you're saying. Maybe hear me out. I'm I'm going to pitch yeah. you one aspect of it, and, I, and I'm going to also throw out that I understand you're coming at this to an extent from a South Dakota State grad living in North Dakota state land of Fargo, North Dakota. So I, I realize it's a little bit through that prism. But the last time Clemson won a national title, they lost almost all of their star players. Uh, they still made it to the playoff, but it was an entirely new cast that people kind of looked at differently. I'm not saying it's going to be the same as Alabama under Saban, mm-hmm. but I think it's possible with the quarterback and the running back and the receiver who lit up the playoffs, all those offensive skill guys back. And you'll hear those names over and over and over throughout the offseason. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be the same as Alabama or USC under Pete Carroll or some of those dynasties where you really started to hate and get sick of them. But I think it is possible that America, outside of ACC land, between now and, like, September, starts to get a little bit like, you know what, maybe I'm kind of getting a little sick of Clemson. Like, like not to the point where... 
we hate and loathe them. Like, like it's always going to be Alabama first as long yes. as Nick Saban's there. But I think that there, there will start to be maybe a little bit of like, you know, maybe that's how you feel about like Ohio State or, or Oklahoma or USC or some of these teams. I think yep. that we're going to, it's it's very possible we start kind of. We get the, we get and, the, and I the, mean like the us outside of. Yeah, and I mean us, like, outside of ACC land. Yep. I think everybody in the ACC probably hates and is completely sick of Clemson by okay. now. I mean, the other thing, too, and, and this is maybe just for me, and I know, like, we kind of adopted Clemson as, you know, the the sports lounge football team or, you know, the, the sports block you know, when we did the we radio did. show. 20, the fall of 2011, I remember that. Yeah, so we kind of adopted. So maybe that's where I kind of have a, more of a soft spot for Clemson. They just to me. They, no, I, I get what you're saying. I've I've held on to at least not disliking them for this long, they, partially because of that, and also because I think Alabama's who Alabama is, and they're the only team that's really stood up to them at all. And I don't know a whole lot of Clemson fans. I don't even think I know a Clemson fan, and so I'm not outside of the Clemson fan base, you know, in Clemson, South Carolina. But Alabama fans are so obnoxious and so loud, like Phyllis. Um, I think it's passed away, but wasn't she like a huge Auburn fan? Uh, you know, the one who always calls into the Paul Feinbaum show. I know he's your favorite. Um, but I mean, there, I do look forward to all the excuses made on the Paul Feinbaum show starting tomorrow morning. Right. So I, I just think that they don't have, Clemson doesn't have the outspoken fans, at least not that I'm hearing like Alabama does. So I think in that in part. No, they don't, but they, they don't have the same success that Alabama had. I'm not talking about right, right now. I mean, from like the previous 40 years. Yep. I think it's also popular. Like, I'm not saying just right now, but like 10 or 15 years from now, where it's just all of a sudden, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, I guess Clemson is the closest thing in our lifetime to like Miami rising to power in the 80s in college football. That's mm-hmm. probably the closest comparison where and and it's weird because they're still not like the preeminent team as long as Saban's there under out, which which is so weird that everything's clouded under that. Where it's like, well, we, as long as he's there, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a weird night. Who do you? Th- There's a weird night that wasn't really a close game, but it seems no. like everyone was kind of like happy and okay with that outside of Tuscaloosa. And I think you were just kind of watching, like, okay, it, is Alabama going to make this comeback? I mean, that that that's what kind of. I'm sure plenty of people kind of turned it off after it was like a 21-point lead, but part of you, I think, had to sit and watch and say, okay, is Alabama going to make this comeback? Why, yeah, why like, are they like getting I said, blown I, out? I, like, didn't think, I didn't think the stake had truly been shoved through their heart until that goal line stand while they were up 28. I mean, like, I thought it was done before that, but that was the first time where it was like, no, this is truly over and done with now. So with the fatigue potentially setting in of Alabama and Clemson and likely they will meet in the college football playoff next year, what team or teams do you think can give them a serious run for their money over the next, say, three years? Uh, Texas is a team that certainly comes to mind right away for me. Um, outside of that, I mean, I the Pac-12, who, who the hell knows there? Um, 
I'm not going to take anybody from the Pac-12. I, I can give you a, a few, not are a we, lot, but are a we, few. Are we going to go with Michigan and Ohio State? I mean, can not Michigan. I'll go with Ohio State, assuming that Justin Fields is able to play right away, and assuming he is roughly close to as good as how hyped he was coming out of high school. I think the I mean, level of talent they get, and then. Don't you think there's going to be a drop-off there, though, that, with Day? With, be, with Day being the new head coach, you're per, going permanently I, in there? I think there might be, but, the, but, but also part of this is like I'm only picking teams that I think just have enough talent. Right. Ohio State's one, Georgia's two, and even though this is crazy because they've, again, lost a Heisman Trophy winner, I'll say Oklahoma partially because... I think getting a new defensive coordinator who did quite well at Washington State running sort of a similar style offense may really make Oklahoma look good going forward. Outside of those three, though, like I, I don't think there's any, but at, at least not as of what we know now mm-hmm. that you could objectively say. I mean, certainly, you know, there could be a 2010 Auburn situation where someone's like, oh my God, we've got both Cam Newton and uh, that defensive lineman, Nick Fairley, who are the best position players in your spots in the country. Right. Like, something like that could happen, but I think outside of that, it's basically those three teams. I mean, if you want to throw Texas in, I guess I won't say no. I think Tom Herman's a pretty good coach, and they're going to be better next year, but I, I think the list is short because part of it is. I mean, even if you've got the right coach and the right quarterback, I mean, you just need the raw talent and the trenches on offense and in the front seven on defense. And there's just not many teams that have that at that level that Clemson and Alabama do. You know, there seems like Penn State that have it on the level to be really good. And, you know, you could be in the top ten, but there's a difference between top ten and the top two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it'll be interesting to see who can compete with those guys next year. Any last thoughts on the championship game or the season? The king is dead. Long live the king. LeBron James died? Well, okay. The, the king of college football. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got what you're saying. Yeah. Saban and, and the tide. Roll, tide, roll. Not really. Go, go Clemson. <laughs> Charlie, I always appreciate the time. Uh, thank you so much for the time throughout the season. And I look forward to talking with you again next year for college football, but I'm sure I'll talk to you before then down the road here on the podcast. But thanks so much for the time and uh, continued success up there in Aberdeen or down there in Aberdeen, I guess. Inside. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Go big, go blue, go Jacks. Oh, yes, yes. Basketball season is here. Thank you, my friend. Charlie Hildebrand. Aberdeen American News. Great stuff there. So congratulations to Clemson. Again, I, I don't think I'm going to get tired of them. Not for not for a little while. Um, there's just something about them. Maybe kind of they we adopted them when we did the TV uh, show. Um, also did the radio show down in Brookings. The Google chat. We've kind of adopted Clemson as our team in college football, or we did, and um, I think that's that's going to uh, stick around for a little bit. But congratulate that Trevor Lawrence. I swear, I will do what Vikings do, whatever it takes to get this guy. I think it, I think all thirty-two teams uh, would say the same thing. But uh, tanking for Trevor, I think, is going to be alive and well here in a couple of years. So let's. Uh, Wrap things up with some picks 
Some picks sure to go wrong for the NFL Divisional Playoffs. Quick recap again. I talked about the wild card games before, but um, when oh, it was a donut week for me on the picks. 0 for 4. Uh, this was the best slate of wild card games you could possibly get. I thought, you know, with and you can make an argument, a, a legitimate argument for every team going in. You know, the Colts beat the Texans 21 to 7. Andrew Luck and company, they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Their defense got after Deshaun Watson. Their running game was good with Marlon Mack. Luck played great. The The, the Colts offense really made things, uh, made life difficult on the Texans defense. So uh, that was that was a bummer to see. I had the Texans in the Super Bowl during the preseason. I went with them, I, but I didn't feel confident about it. And certainly you see why. The, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott leading the way along with Ezekiel Elliott over 130 yards, 137 yards rushing. Dak Prescott a big fourth quarter touchdown run. The defense played really good against Seattle. Seattle's offense was virtually non-existent. The running game was non-existent. And again, that's why I think there's a lack of trust with Seattle. And I think that's something that you can look at going forward. Yes, it's a young team that can get better, but they have holes that they definitely need to plug in and get better but the Cowboys win that game 24-22 Phillip Rivers and the Chargers the Chargers defense seven defensive backs for all but one play of the game against the Ravens they stymied the Baltimore Ravens running game and Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards and 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 Dixon alike I mean Lamar Jackson few fumbles he had a couple interception or it had an interception it's not good. The Ravens were down 23 to 3. Late rally came up short. Lamar Jackson fumbled it. He got sacked and fumbled at the end. The Chargers win 23 to 17. They'll be moving on to face the Patriots. And then again, how do you not feel for Cody Parkey? Um, the Chicago Bears kicker. Vikings fans know a lot about postseason kicks that are missed. Um in this one though, it was partially it, it was partially tipped, so that had a that played a factor a, a role in that kick missing. So hopefully Bears fans kind of forgive Parky a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough. But the defense maybe the defense doesn't give up a fourth down uh, touchdown pass to Golden Tate that gave the Eagles the the 16-15 win or lead the score that would ultimately they would win by 16 to 15 Dallas Goddard touchdown reception for the Eagles in this one that was that's good to see you know I, I hate the Eagles but you have to I, I kind of like to I think I wanted them to win in the best of a bad case scenario just because of Dallas Goddard he was the he was the the tipping scale and as I tweeted out after the game Dallas Goddard has done more to help the Eagles win playoff games than Carson Wentz has so let's make some NFL divisional picks here. Again, 0 for 4 last week. If you don't want me to pick your team, and uh, we will make the official picks in the Football Friday post of the stack. It's found at stackattack.sportsblog.com. Links to the blog on Facebook and Twitter. I, I mean, I can, I'll, I'll gladly accept a reason not to pick your team to win. But Saturday, 4.35 p.m. Eastern, 3.35 p.m. Central Time on NBC. The six-seeded Colts against the one seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have not won a home playoff game since 1993 or 1994. So when the Colts win, it's not going to come as a surprise, especially considering the fact that they're 10-1 in their last 11 games. They're playing outstanding. 
But do they have enough firepower to be able to keep up with the... Will the defense be able to stop the Kansas City Chiefs offense? That's what I don't know. Pat Mahomes is different. His team is different. If the Chiefs had Kareem Hunt, they're going to the Super Bowl, I think. I mean, they are the clear favorites in the AFC. I'm going to take the Chiefs, but the Colts scare me. Colts definitely scare me. Then at 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on Fox, the fourth-seeded Dallas Cowboys at the two-seed, the Los Angeles Rams. I The health of Todd Gurley, Rams running back, that's a factor in this one for me. The, the Rams defense struggling against the run, so Ezekiel Elliott will have some success there. There will be a lot of Cowboys fans in L.A., I will go with the Rams, though, because they've had a couple of weeks to prepare. Hopefully they can figure out a game plan. Uh, the, the, the Cowboys defense playing well. The Rams offense has not played great, but I'll, I think they do enough. I will take the Rams. And this one then on Sunday, 1.05 p.m. Eastern, 12.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The five seed, the Chargers at the two seed Patriots. New England Patriots, 10th straight year with the bye. The Chargers won last week's game with seven defensive backs playing the majority of the game. They can't do that against the Patriots. But the and Josh McDaniels is going to have something up his sleeve. Bill Belichick has something up his sleeve. So the Patriots offensively are going to be great, or at least have a good game plan. But I think the Chargers kind of slow that down. Um, will the toll of traveling as much as the Chargers have had to do. L.A. to Baltimore. Baltimore to L.A. Now L.A. to, to Boston or to Foxborough. How much of a factor will that be? I want the Chargers to win, but until someone takes down the Patriots at home in Foxborough, I have to go with the Patriots. And then finally, the sixth seed Philadelphia Eagles at the one seed New Orleans Saints, 4.40 p.m. Eastern, 3.40 p.m. Central Time on Fox on Sunday. Uh, Nick Foles magic get on this magic carpet ride um, I think it's going to stop in New Orleans uh, New Orleans offense is not clicked on all cylinders since that 48-7 win against the, uh, against the Eagles back in November but they will do enough I think um, to beat the Eagles the Eagles haven't improved that much since that game well I mean, they haven't changed that much other than Nick Foles. And Nick Foles is is obviously better suited so far to lead the Eagles than Carson Wentz. But I'll go with the Saints there. So those are the picks, the official picks, and, and more on the games will be found in the stack. That's stackattack.sportsblog.com. Um, you can find a link to it on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Twitter, ND Stack, and Facebook, Nathan Stack, and that's also where you can find a link to this podcast, which we will have posted middle to later part of each week. So I want to thank Travis, as always, and thank you to Charlie for all of his help throughout the college football season. Uh, be prepared. We're going to try and get Jeff Lloyd from Lockdown Browns podcast here in the coming weeks uh, to talk about, you know, the the combine, the the East-West game, or the, you know, the, the Senior Bowl. Shrine game, maybe we'll talk about that. There's plenty to get into there, and um, of course, you know, we'll uh, talk about you know the NFL playoffs and everything. Uh, we'll try and get a Jackrabbit pod, uh, SDSU Jackrabbit podcast out this week with Matt Zimmer, kind of talking about the college basketball season, the conference, 
play as that begins. But um, again, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We'll def- definitely be back next week for recap of NFL Divisional Playoffs, college basketball, and we'll see what else is in store. So for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And please tune in again next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Sacken signing off. Enjoy NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend, everyone. And congrats to the Clemson Tigers. College football, national champion.